Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest tells us about Salem Moments. We are a church growing and thriving, overflowing with love, strengthening the family, transforming the community, impacting the world, where every member is a minister and a church alive is worth the drive. Hallelujah. Amen. So, Selah moments, or as the guy on the recording and the concordance that I go to, Selah, you know, I'm sorry, I just can't get in the habit of saying Selah, so I'm going to say Selah. Is that all right with y'all? Amen. Selah is a word that occurs 76 times in the Old Testament. It is found 71 times in the Psalms, and if you include the one place it's used in compound form, It occurs five times in other books of the Old Testament. It's a word that you've probably read many times if you're a regular reader of the Psalms. But unfortunately, many of us gloss over this word and fail to realize its significance. So what exactly does the word Selah really mean? Well, I was worshiping the Lord yesterday morning, checking my spirit about the message I had prepared, Just wanted to make sure that my timing was right. And wouldn't you know, the Lord, in His very subtle way, let me know that I wasn't going to preach that message. I was worshiping the Lord. I had some music on. And all of a sudden, I heard myself say, Selah, Selah, Selah. And I just stopped. I said, Lord, that cannot be a coincidence. I said that three times. I sung that three times. He said, preach on Selah. I said, amen. I will be obedient. It was a Selah moment. (laughs) Stop and reflect on what you just heard. Amen. Glory to God. So in my study of the word Selah, I have found three different shades of meaning wherever you find the word Selah. And this is King James, Old Testament. I call them, number one, Selah, the rock. Number two, Selah, a place of praise. And number three, Selah, an invitation to go higher. The first one I want to talk about is Selah, the rock. The first time you find the word Selah, it's in compound form. It's the word Selah, Amalekov. And it means the rock of escape. Amen. First Samuel 23, verse 25 through 28 in the New Living Translation. When David heard that Saul and his men were searching for him, he went even farther into the wilderness to the great rock. And he remained there in the wilderness of Maon. But Saul kept after him in the wilderness. Saul and David were now on opposite sides of a mountain. Just as Saul and his men began to close in on David and his men, an urgent message reached Saul that the Philistines were raiding Israel again. So Saul quit chasing David and returned to fight the Philistines. Ever since that time, the place where David was camped has been called Selah Amalekoth, the rock of escape. Some translations say the cliff of division. In other words, there was a rock. There was a mighty mountain that God saw to it 
was placed between him and Saul and his men. And I thought immediately of the rock that is Christ. It's, it's a way of saying, whatever my enemy has planned in store for me, when he comes against me, God has already put the rock of Christ between me and him. Amen. He has already guaranteed my escape and my victory. My Selah Amalekoth, the rock of escape. So when the enemy seems like he's closing in on all sides and all is lost, you have to remember that God has put a rock of escape between you and the enemy. And that rock I've already alluded to is Jesus Christ, the one who always leads us to triumph in him. This version of Selah, wouldn't you know, comes from a root word which means a rock or a lofty place. Remember that, a rock or a lofty place. Selah, the rock. Now I want to talk about Selah, a place of praise. The next place you find this version of Selah concerns the reign of Amaziah when he subdued the Edomites who were enemies of Israel. 2 Kings 14.7 Amaziah slew of Edom in the valley of salt 10,000 and took Selah by war, and called the name of it Yachvail unto this day. All right, little background. Amaziah was the descendant of King David. He was the king of Judah at this time. And one of the things he did is he took the fight to the Edomites. He took it to a city that was called Selah. Other translations refer to it as Petra. You've probably heard of that. But it was a rock fortress in the land of Edom. And Amaziah and his men went and they conquered the rock fortress, the rock, the lofty place, where they were worshiping false gods. And he changed the name of Selah to Yachthael, which means a place of praise, where veneration of Almighty God occurs. It went from being a stronghold of the enemy to being a worship place for Almighty God. Amen. And I believe that a Messiah, I pronounced his name about two or three different ways as I've gone along here, but that's okay. I believe there's grace for that. A Messiah is a type of Christ. He took the enemy's stronghold and he made it his own. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he was completely victorious. So, so far we've got Selah the rock. And Selah, a place of praise, a place of worship. Amen. Now I want to talk about Selah, an invitation to go higher. There's another word, Selah, which comes from a similar root word in the Hebrew, and it means to pause. Now you have to remember that all the Psalms were put to music, and so you can't, you can't neglect the musical meaning of this word. And one interpretation that I read about is that Selah means to stop singing and let the instruments play for a while. Then sing again after a short pause. We do that in our worship, don't we? We let the instruments minister to us. Amen. Others have said that it means a lifting up. And some have interpreted that to mean a lifting up of the voice. This is the time when you get louder. Okay. Well, one thing about commentaries that 
gives me pause is most of the men who wrote those commentaries were not spirit filled. So sometimes I treat them with a grain of salt or I take the light that they have and I ask the Holy Spirit to sprinkle more light so I'll have a complete understanding. Amen. I believe they're on the right track on some of these thoughts that I read about, but they can't quite seem to put it all together in a cohesive way. So here's the meaning of Selah that the Holy Spirit has communicated to me over the years as a meditator on the Word of God and as a worshiper of God in spirit and truth. Amen? You want to get some light on Scripture? Be a meditator of the Word of God. Be a worshiper of God, and He'll bring you light. Amen? So this is how the Lord described Selah to me, putting everything together that we've learned so far from the word Selah, Selah the rock, Selah a place of praise, and Selah an invitation to go higher. I believe Selah means pause for a moment, reflect and meditate on what I just said or what I just sang or what I'm about to say or what I'm about to sing. Amen? Listen to the music of heaven. And let it lift you up in your spirit so that you see things from the vantage point of the mountain of God, the rock of Christ, your Savior. I believe it's an invitation to rise to the lofty place of God's thoughts and God's ways to see things from His perspective. So I challenge you from this day forward, even today as we study this, as we lay this out, but even when you're reading or worshiping corporately or privately, I challenge you, when you come to the word Selah, pause and reflect on what you just heard, what you just said, or what the Bible just said, or what somebody sang in a song. You know, you will have those inevitable Selah moments where the Spirit will move and you will hear God speak. Sometimes you need to just pause and say, now what was that you said? Be still and know that I am God. Okay, all right, Lord, what are you saying to me? And then he'll flood you with revelation. That's a Selah moment. Sometimes I think we let those Selah moments in our lives come and go, and we never get the moment. Amen? Hallelujah. So I believe it's an invitation to go higher to the lofty place of God's thoughts, God's motives, God's plans. Amen. So from this day forward, when you come to the word Selah and your Bible reading, take a moment to meditate on what you just read or what you're about to read and let the Lord bring you revelation that you've never experienced before. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit bring that verse or that passage to life in your heart. I promise you it'll stay with you longer and it'll mean more to you if you do. Amen. Everybody with me? All right, so what we're going to do here, this is a little bit unusual. I've never done this before. I've never preached on Selah. I've never done anything like this. But uh, the Lord just instructed me to pick out some Selah moments in the Bible and just expound upon them, okay? I've got several Psalms that I've picked out because, as I said, that's where you're going to find the word Selah the most in the Psalms. Amen. Hallelujah. So the first one I picked is Psalm 31, verse 1 through 8, because it's It's just a great Selah moment. All right, here it goes. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. 
Selah. Think about what the enemy said. Okay. But then think about what I said next. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of mine head. Amen. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. There's two Selah moments in there. The first one, he's asking you to pause and think about just for a minute what the enemy has said. But then listen to the answer of the Lord. The enemy wants to bring destruction. But God says, I'm the glory and the lifter of your head. And it gets better. Amen. It gets better. You know, there's another Psalm. Psalm 61, 2 says, from the end of the earth, I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to Selah, the rock. And let me meditate on that. Amen. Verse 5. I laid me down and slept. I awaked for the Lord sustained me. Amen. In spite of what the enemy said about me, how he's going to bring death and destruction into my life, I slept like a baby. Amen. Glory to God. Verse 6. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Let me put it in North Carolina vernacular. I don't care if I'm surrounded by an army of 10,000. I will not be afraid. Because with God, me and God are a majority. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Think about that. All your enemies get a right cross by something, by somebody even more powerful than Mike Tyson. You imagine Mike Tyson just knocking the teeth out of your enemy. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. That's the picture that's being painted here. Mm. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. Think about that. Think about how God will take you to victory in every circumstance. Everything you face, you will triumph. If you put the rock of Christ between you and the enemy, you'll always be victorious. Amen. Amen. Glory. So that's our first Selah moment. So Selah. Praise the Lord. Psalm 20, verse 1 through 4 in the New King James Version. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. Selah. In other words, stop and reflect and think about what I just said. May he remember all your offerings. May he remember all your sacrifices. Now, in modern New Testament ways of thinking, that has to do with giving. Giving of yourself, your time, your gifts, your money. He said, listen, when troubled times come, God will remember all the seeds you've sown, all the sacrifices you've made. And it's not because of your righteousness that he's going to reward you. 
he's going to reward you because he's faithful. He cannot be outgiven. He's going to remember all those seeds sown and all those sacrifices made for the kingdom. And he will bring a fruit into your life that will help you out of trouble, whether it's financial or other. Amen. So say law that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. Say law that. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. There's a scripture where Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. In other words, it's possible to get to the place in your relationship with God where you're so in tune with what he has for you, your purpose, your destiny, that anything you ask for, he gives it to you without question. He fulfills your desire. Let me read it exactly. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. Psalm 138.8 says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Other translations say he will accomplish his purpose in me. This Selah moment says he will grant you your heart's desire and he will fulfill his purpose for you. Amen. Now, I know if you're like me, my greatest desire of my heart is to fulfill my purpose on this planet. I don't know any serious Christian that's not like that. We all sometimes obsess on whether or not we're in the perfect will of God. That's not healthy, but it is healthy to long to fulfill your destiny and your purpose in life. He says you can get to the point where he will meet your heart's desire and fulfill his purpose for you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. That's a Selah moment. That's one you need to store away and bring out when trouble comes your way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Psalm 21, verse 1 and 2 in the New King James Version. Now, you have to remember that in the New Covenant, we are priests and kings unto God. So anytime you read something about a king, you're a king or queen in Christ. Amen. In the kingdom of God. So these promises belong to you. Verse 1 says, The king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. You have given him his heart's desire, there it is again, and have not withheld the request of his lips. Selah. Again, I say, when you get to the point in your relationship with God that you're so in tune with his will and purpose for your life, everything you ask for is granted just exactly the way you ask for it. Amen. Now, I'm not saying I'm there yet, but I strive to get there. Amen. I got a promise. I got a Selah moment that says it's possible. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You have given me my heart's desire. Personalize it and have not withheld the request of my lips. Glory. Selah. Selah. Listen, I got to stay on this because somebody needs this. Think of the most wonderful scenario that you'd like to come to pass in your life and say law that your heart's desire. 
completely fulfilled. Just think about that. Selah, that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Psalm 24, verse 6 through 10. This is the generation of them that seek Him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. Selah. Listen, this is what came to me when I read this. This was my Selah moment when I read this. This is the generation that will see the revival that will usher in the second coming of Christ. That's us. This is the generation we belong to that seek His face, that seek His glory, that seek His presence, that seek a perpetuating state of revival that if the Lord tarries beyond our lifespan, we are going to be a part of a wave that is self-perpetuating generation to generation until Jesus comes. I believe we're going to see that right here. Selah, that. This is the generation of them that seek Him. That seek thy face, O Jacob. Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Amen. Do you see why I had a Selah moment about the ushering in of the kingdom of God? And what's even more thrilling to a space and time guy like me is I studied out this whole sequence here. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors. It literally means split open the ancient portal so the King of glory can come on through. Hallelujah. You know, in the series Alien Invasion, I I say the Lord is coming back through a space-time portal. So I had that Selah moment when I read this scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. Now he says it twice, and then he puts a Selah on it. So there's extra emphasis. One day, that portal will be split wide open. And Jesus and the armies of heaven will come through. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Looking forward to that. Amen. Psalm 32, verse 7 and 8. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. You know what came to me when I did my Selah there? That says to me that God will surround me with songs of deliverance that he will personally sing over me. Hallelujah. He sings songs of deliverance over me. You are saved. The enemy will fall. You will be victorious. You will be delivered. I don't know what the song is, but it's something like that. And I don't know what kind of singing voice God has, but I imagine it's a booming voice. It would be awesome if we could hear the songs of deliverance that he sings around us. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then, after he sings songs of deliverance, listen to this. 
no matter what you're going through, no matter what trouble you're facing, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Even in times of trouble, the Lord will lead you and guide you by his spirit with his hand upon you. Amen. Glory to God. That's worth having a Selah moment right there. Psalm 46, verse 1 through 4. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. Wow. Listen, remember we talked about The sons of Korah, their ancestor was the one that was swallowed up by the earth in the desert in the time of Moses because he rebelled against the leadership of Moses. But their descendants ended up writing this. And listen, that very verbiage is in there. Therefore, will not we fear though the earth be removed? Korah was standing on the earth and then the earth was removed from beneath his feet and the Bible says he went straight down into hell. They even use the same language here, but in a different way. Because we're faithful to God, because we're righteous, because we follow after Him, when the earth is removed and the mountains shake and the floodwaters rise, we're going to be okay. God will deliver us. Amen. And amen. Glory, glory, glory. And speaking of rivers, verse 4 says, There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Now let's apply a Selah moment to that. First reading, you're thinking, well, that's the river of God. That's the crystal river that flows from the throne of God. But listen, now that we're in this covenant, the new covenant, that river flows from the throne of God into our bodies and flows through our veins. From the inside out, we're filled up with the river of God. It says, listen to it, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. What is the tabernacle of the Most High now? We all are tabernacles of the Most High. And it says, the river of God shall make us glad. Amen. Because we're full of His life. We're full of the river of life. Hallelujah. And when you get born again, filled with the Spirit, the river of life will come out of you. Rivers of living water will come out and splash on people all around you and bring life and health and healing to them and deliverance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Psalm 46, verse 10 to 11. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Selah. Sometimes you need to just be still and just realize God is on your side. He surrounded you with songs of deliverance. He will not forsake you. He will not leave you. 
He'll stand with you through the toughest of times. He'll see you through the troubled times to victory. Amen. He's always there. Say la that. Say la that. Hallelujah. 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 The Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord of hosts. The host is a reference to the angelic hosts. He's the Lord of hosts. Michael is the captain of the host, and the host surrounds you. Hallelujah. They go everywhere you go. Whether you realize it or not, there's probably a troop of angels assigned to you you don't know anything about. I'm talking beyond your personal angel. There's a host of angels that have been sent to help you do what God's called you to do. And we need to give them something to do by declaring and decreeing what it is we've been called to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Even praying in the spirit. We were talking about this the other night. I can't remember where. Last Sunday in Bible study, we were talking about this. I saw a guy on Sid Roth. A troop of angels appeared to him and told him, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, we understand what you're saying, and we take our marching orders from that. I'll tell you what, it gives you a different perspective about praying in the Spirit. Paul said, though I talk with the tongues of men or of angels and don't have love, I'm wasting my time. But it illustrates that you could be talking with the tongues of men and angels, and angels understand angel talk. That's because they're angels. <laughs> Glory to God. Say all that. When you start praying in tongues, you launch angels. You launch angels to help you fulfill your calling, to bring people across your path, divine connections, divine appointments, to bring money and finances into your life that you're needing to fulfill your calling. Don't stop praying in the Spirit. When the devil tells you you're speaking gibberish, that's when it's time to turn up the volume and increase the praying because you're being effective because he's trying to come against it with lies. I've been praying in the spirit now. Oh, Lord, how 46 years. And he still comes to me from time to time with the lie of the devil. Isn't that funny? Isn't that ironic? One of the biggest lies of the devil is that tongues is of the devil. Seems like a contradiction, amen? But the devil's like, hey, works for me, you know? If it keeps people from talking in tongues, I'm all for it. But it's a lie from the pit of hell. It robs people of power. Hallelujah. It robs you of a vital tool that can help you become the person that God called you to be. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, in conclusion... This last example reminds me of another psalm which does not have the word Selah in it, but it's a perfect example of how a Selah moment can launch you to other scriptures that bring comfort and peace to your heart in times of trouble. So I'm going to read Psalm 46, 10 and 11 again, and then I'm going to write into this one that it reminds me of. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. 
The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah reminds me of Psalm 2, verse 1 through 8. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Amen. Let me break it down. Let me show you what the Lord showed me in my Selah moment concerning this psalm. The heathen can rage and they can imagine a vain thing and they can say what they say and they can plot their plots. But in the long run, he said, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Nothing they can do or say will stop Jesus from coming back and setting up his kingdom on this earth. In fact, he will laugh at their efforts to stop the coming of the Lord and his anointed. He will have them in derision. It means they'll go insane trying to stop Jesus from coming back. And Jesus said, this is Jesus speaking. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. That's talking about when Jesus was raised from the dead and he was glorified and he was declared ruler of the universe. He was, it was decreed that he would be the one, this one of a kind, new kind of being would come back to this earth and set up his kingdom as it was promised to his ancestor, King David. Amen. It's going to happen and nothing they say or do can stop it. You hear all these People from the Muslim religion saying jihad is coming all over the earth. It's coming to all the nations. It's coming to America. Jihad will not succeed in America. God will have his way. Because Jesus will rule the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Here's what I think is is really cool. In the first seven verses... It's majoring on how the enemy will be crushed. They'll be stopped. They'll be defeated. But then verse 8 says, Then the Lord says, Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. In other words, somewhere in this equation, God is going to go from crushing the enemy to turning their hearts so that they come to Jesus. Those that can will repent. Those that can't will be destroyed. But there will be some of them that will come to the Lord. Amen. I decree that we have the heathen for our inheritance here at Faith Life Fellowship. From the north, south, east, west. There are plenty of heathen in this city, as you well know. Amen. They need to be saved, healed, delivered, set free, discipled, turned into workers for the kingdom of God. And we can do it here this year in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's be a people who look for those Selah moments, whether we're worshiping God privately or, or corporately, whether we're studying or reading the word privately or corporately. Let's accept the invitation to go to a higher place. Amen? 
let us pause and allow ourselves to be lifted up to the mountain of God, the rock of Christ, and see things of this world and the things of the Spirit from God's perspective. Selah. 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 Amen. Amen. Let me pray a blessing over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless these people. I bless this church. I say they are blessed in the city. They're blessed in the field. They're blessed going out. They're blessed coming in. Whatever they put their hand to prospers. Angels go with them to protect them. And Father God, you perfect that which concerns them. You accomplish your purpose in them. Let them have a great day, great Sunday, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message titled, Salem Moments. If you would like to learn more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.